my name is Ginger Ricks. My husband Montel and I have a blended family with three kids. After working in various industries over the last 20 years, I'm a full-time mom now. But how many of you know that whether you work in the field or not at all, you're not just a mom. We women, we wear many hats. And this isn't dress rehearsal either. It's real life, real people, real stories here on The Tripod Mom. Hello, everyone. You know what time it is. This is Ginger Ricks, The Tripod Mom, and I am so excited for the guests that we have on tonight. I think you parents are going to be in for a real treat because how many of you out there are experiencing the 2020 pandemic distance learning situation? Everybody puts their hands up. <laughs> yeah, so my guest tonight is Shanita Yu. She is a school psychologist. She works for uh, the Monterey District up in Northern California. And she's going to be sharing some tips with us and giving us some information on how we can prepare ourselves as parents to continue through this entirely different learning um, school year, and also how we can equip our children for um, just the different changes that they are experiencing and will experience in the months to come. Shanita, would you like to say hello to everyone? Hi. Welcome Hi, to yes. the show. Thank you for having me. Yes, um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so let's get into it. I, I really wanted to start off by sharing my personal challenge with this distance learning, okay? Because I yes, need some please. advice. <laughs> As you know, Montel and I have a 12-year-old. And at first, okay, so this is back in March. Schools mm -hmm. get closed. The kids are all upset because they're some of them were going on spring break. And then they're like, oh, we're not coming back. Like okay, it's just for the weekend. Oh, it's just another week or, you know, and then here mm -hmm. we go into summer, you know, school was canceled up until summer. Then here's summer vacation. Now we're back into the fall. Some schools have reopened. Um, my son's school has not. And mm -hmm. What are you experiencing? Like, what's the feedback that you're getting from, from parents right now? Any frustrations or excitement that they're home with their kids? Tell us like what they're saying. I think saying. it's a combination of, um, of feedback. I think when we first went to, into um, school closures, it was like, it was, there was a kind of nervousness, but excitement of, like you said, it was around spring break. So even yeah. the kids were like, yes, I could stay at home. Longer. And some of the teachers, you know, and staff that I worked with were a little relieved too because we really didn't know what was going on. And it just felt a little safer to be at home. But then, like you said, the, the end of the, of the school year comes. And, you know, I work within a high school district, um, like you said, in Monterey County. And so a lot of graduations, promotion ceremonies had to be altered. And so then there was a level of, of, I'd say, high frustration and disappointment from families at that point. And I think 
that's when the shifting of mind began began to happen of realizing oh this might this might be for a while and so coming into this school year I think parents and schools alike were hopeful that we'd be able to be back on campus pretty soon but I know for my district specifically um, we've not been on campus actually I don't think any schools or most schools in our county have been distance learning since since March (laughs) and so even back to school shopping like what does that look like you know parents um, t-shirts only because nobody's wearing pants no one's wearing pants (laughs) (laughs) um and so I think for for us as well you know our our child started um started school (laughs) this school year and so there were different levels of anxiety of confusion and um I think now I'm seeing it pretty uh, pretty split some parents are really struggling right now their families have been hit really hard so they're grateful to stay at home so they don't have to add that to the bucket of worries and then some are frustrated because, you know, maybe their child was involved in sports or extracurricular activities that are not happening right now. And they're seeing mental health side effects because of that. Um, and then you have some that are just kind of like, it is what it is. <laughs> and we just keep trucking along. So there, there's a variety of, of feedback, I think. Well, my particular situation with TJ is that he is 12 years old and he's becoming a teenager. And so with the electronic age that we live in, he's already (laughs) got the iPod. The only thing this kid doesn't have is an actual phone and he doesn't need a phone. I told him because the only person you can call is your dad or me. And we're always with each other. So you don't need to call your little friends. Now you're not calling anyways. So Mm -hmm. we've got the iPod, we've got tablets, iPads, computers, Xbox, you know, video game consoles. And then now to add another device. Yeah. So I feel like all day long, it is a challenge for us to tell him, Hey, take a break go outside. It was already hard enough to get these kids to go outside and ride their bike. You know, now it's even more difficult because they're spending, you know, six hours ish on the computers on top of the time that they feel that they were entitled to still play the video games and and watch television. Um, Help. What do I do? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think I, um, you know, I appreciate the teachers who incorporate that in their lessons. So I know for, for our little one, it's incorporated within their school day. They got to get up and move. But it's always good to have that outside time. Um, and right now it's getting colder, so it makes it even more difficult to uh, find that motivation even for us <laughs> to take them outside, you know, to, um, to move. But I think setting a schedule is essential no matter how old your student is. I think setting a schedule even for your weekends right now because all of our days and times kind of meld together (laughs) at this point. And so um, having a visual schedule for your family maybe 
um, especially if you have uh, children that are within a wide age range. Like I know you have small ones, you have an older one. So setting that schedule and having it a visual representation in your home could be helpful. You know, this is our family time to be outside. No ifs, ands, or buts. This is it. And in a lot of um, behavior modification and lessons that we kind of run as psychologists, it's a lot of if, then, um, first, then. And so first we'll do this and then you can have that. Or if we go for a 15 minute walk, then you can have some screen time. And so I know that there are families who steer away from screen time, but, um, and that, I, I'm not knocking that. I just think we also have to understand it is a different time right now. And so having a little bit more grace with ourselves and with our children and allowing them that time, but have it be structured. So okay. maybe set a timer too, you know? If you, have you say minutes. so. <laughs> <laughs> we can always do the if then, you know? Maybe there's some chores around the house that need to be done. Yeah. And so it's like, do this well, first. Well, we do have a schedule. I would say that it's not set. So he does have chores that he has to do. He does have to finish his schoolwork before he can um, engage in the, you know, electronics. Um, sometimes I'll give him some leeway just so he can let his mind rest, if you will. Mm -hmm. But things mm -hmm. like PE, like this kid was trying to do planks on the couch today because the babies were climbing up on him. And initially I said, yo, let's go outside. And he's like, really? Why? And I'm like, you haven't been outside all day today, you know? And like you said, it is going to start getting colder and then yeah. you're not going to have the opportunity. So we're really just going to be looking at each other all day long. Like I'm going to need you to try to get a little more active. <laughs> yeah. I think incorporating that family, even if it's like family screen time, you know, we have our family movie or show night where you, you know, we let our child decide and we have to disengage from our phones and, you know, we focus on that together. I think even that is a little better because it adds in that community piece. It adds in that social aspect where then you guys have something to talk about. Um, we recently got a bunch of board games, taking it back old school and, you know, having that time because I think um, what I've seen in all ages from elementary to high school even um, the older kids too they like spending that time um, with their with their families even if it's playing sitting down and playing a card game you know? and they may complain about it at first they complain but they about enjoy it. it they secretly love it yeah yeah <laughs> And I know that like parents, including myself, like initially we were super afraid of our child's social emotional mm -hmm. um, wellness, because especially during different phases, like with the littles, they really need that interaction with other children in order to learn some of those foundational, um, you know, concepts of um, sharing and also um, uh, problem solving yes. and, you know, um, trying to work out disagreements and things like that. And, um, 
you know, so what would you say to parents that are still like thinking that their child's social emotional wellness is being hindered at this point because they don't have that social interaction? Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's two levels to this. So I think if, if your child is showing um, concerns, maybe, you know, harming themselves or um, acting out that's far different than what they, you know, what a typical tantrum or let down look like for them before, I think it it would be wise to reach out to um, either your school, if they have a school counselor there, to check in with your student, um, with your child. Sorry, I'm I'm so used to school meetings with your student, um, (laughs) with your child or reaching out to your, to your doctor, you know, let them know I've seen these changes and I'm, I'm a little concerned. So I think that's that's an extreme end of things, right? But I think just um, for your everyday changes in that social, emotional um, behavior, I think one, it's important to validate where your child is at, you know, um, asking them questions or um, helping them find vocabulary for what they're feeling or what they're going through. Um, and I think also setting that example, like you said, especially for our younger children, this is such a pivotal time in their lives where they're learning that sharing and that give and that take that waiting your turn to speak. Um, that is just very different right now. And for a lot of them, especially if they don't have siblings, the adults are <laughs> the example. And so I think one, remember the age of your child <laughs> and then also um, communicate to them in a way that makes sense. So sometimes we think that they may understand something and they they really don't. Um, So breaking things down for them, explaining to them, showing them, modeling with your behavior, right? So if your child is having struggle sharing, um, you show them how to share. Oh, look, mommy has some extra. Would you like some? Or mommy's playing with this. Do you want to play with me? And so modeling it for them and allowing them that space to practice it. Um, Something that we've also been trying to do in our home, we picked up from someone else was having Zoom play dates. I know it sounds so like impersonal, but it does add some type of element because we can't speak at the same time on Zoom. You know, we can't hear each other. Good point. And so it allows them to practice that waiting your turn to speak. Um, And even for the small ones, you know, and it allows them to see those facial reactions to what they're saying or what they're doing. And so I think maybe arranging those times with family members or friends uh, with kids as well to have those like virtual play dates. Maybe parents come up with an activity that we're going to all do together or Maybe you do like a virtual uh, cooking lesson with some friends. That's a great idea. Some different activities that you can kind of like experiment with and see how your child reacts. And then you make a mental note of, no, we're not doing that one again. (laughs) Or, you know, that turned out really good. Let's try it again. Okay. So what are the students saying to you? Um, when you're talking to them, are they loving being at home? Are they 
kind of over it. I think at this point, everybody's over it. Um, but it looks like in a lot of cities across the nation, uh, so a lot of counties that we're going to be closing down again very soon. Um, I heard a report today that New York, actually one of the largest school districts in New York, I, I think the largest school district in New York is closing until I believe the beginning of the year now, because we're seeing a surge all across the nation with the cases going up. So it looks like this pandemic is going to continue to affect the way that our children are educated in the 2020 to 2021 school year. Mm -hmm. um, what are the kids' reactions? So it's funny because they, they vary as well. I have some, there was a student um, today that was like, <laughs> she's so excited because they were able to watch all the movies finally. And, you know, they're really into that. And so, and then I have another, I go from that student to another student who's having some anxiety because they're not able to be around family and friends. Um, and they are very, um, they're very much so a people person, you know, um, very extroverted. So then you have some students who are really struggling with their mental health right now. And so I think it varies um, probably the consensus. Again, I work <laughs> mostly with middle and high school students. And so, Mostly they're kind of like over, over things, but I think if they were still allowed to hang out with their friends face to face, they wouldn't mind. But <laughs> I think that's the main thing is they want to be face to face with other people, hanging out, playing games, you know, doing sports. And that's not possible right now. So I think that as an educator and then working in the schools, I think we're going to have to start shifting maybe our approach to that community. And we've already shifted some, you know, I don't know about your experience as a parent, but I, I can tell a shift from March <laughs> until now with how schools are approaching um, more community time, you know, so like now we have after school clubs that we're doing online, you know, um, to help build that community. So I hope that schools start to do more of that. So that way students have a safe space to connect with one another and then also um, can possibly take that connection outside of school hours to just be on, you know, FaceTime or whatever with their friends in a, in a safe, in a safe space. Do you think that for like the older kids, the disappointment with the graduations and the, like inability to have the dances and things like that are those types of things going to affect our children down the line I mean if they'd never experienced it they don't know what they're missing but I I feel like there is some kind of real disappointment for kids and and how can we get them you know how can we talk to them about getting over that? I mean, I don't know if that's the right thing to say. We don't want them to get over it, but how do we help them cope with that? Right. Yeah. Coping is a good word. And I think you touched on another good point too, is that um, some of them may not have had those experiences before. So they don't really know what, what they're missing out on. And to them, it may not be missing out because they're redefining it. So I know some of our schools have done virtual dances 
and the students really enjoyed that. Um, I don't get it, but you know, they really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, I was gonna ask you, how do you virtually <laughs> dance? Like, they have hug. like a huge Zoom meeting with a DJ, and they all, you know, dance. And they even had we still had supervisors in there, of course. You know, like we. <laughs> I think we need to have one of those. Yeah. Wait a second, hold up, this is a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The high school has done it, and middle school has done it. Um, you know, same with our ceremonies. We've had like drive-through ceremonies for award nights. Um, we recently had one where they literally set up different um, stations on campus with different staff and teachers who volunteered to be there, and they were still able to go through with their families and. Um, you know how their photos taken with the principal, like different things like that, masks on, socially distanced as appropriate, you know. And um, so I really have seen students become so creative, actually, during this time. I, again, I don't understand because everything was so different when I, when I was, when we were in school, we, we were face to face and dances were like it. Right, <laughs> right. You got suited and booted. Yeah. So I've seen them be really creative in it. And then students who don't, who wouldn't necessarily attend in person actually attend because I have the choice to, you know, close my camera or mute myself if I don't necessarily want to be seen, but I want to kind of still be in the mix of things. So that is, that is something, but not everyone response to that with enthusiasm right I know for our seniors especially our seniors and our eighth graders who were promoting and graduating last school year it was such a bummer because things hit you know March is when you start having all of those spring activities yeah calm and um promotion outings you know we always do senior senior day and all of those things um were now canceled and so cities did come together and they you know some of our cities had banners with senior photos on them throughout the city to honor them um like i said we had drive-through ceremonies where families could still drive through receive balloons and whatnot but i think um and i've seen this with little ones too where teachers are really prepping them so they're reading stories a lot of authors have gotten out there with some great books um catered to this pandemic and what social activities may look like now and do you so, know any of those books offhand that you can share i don't know them? any of them offhand um okay. actually my son's teacher just was showing me one where they were talking about wearing a mask and how we can't visit um uh, grandma this this holiday and so we're gonna do something else Mm -hmm. in place of that and so it really talks through those activities with students I'll I'll find the name of that one and get that one to you yeah Um, I can always put it in the notes also for our listeners and then they can go back and and look at the different resources and we'll leave some for them here at the end yeah those are good conversation starters and allow your students allow your kids to ask questions Okay. So what are some tips that you have for parents going into now? Here we are going into Thanksgiving break. Most kids are off for the whole week. 
I mean, they feel yeah. like they've been off forever since March. <laughs> minus the couple of hours that they have for school. I mean, it just, it looks completely different. So what are some tips for parents going into now the holidays you think that would be helpful to keep their kids enthused? Yeah. So I think um, typically when we have holiday breaks coming up, we kind of like let go of all schedules, right? We're like sleep in and do whatever you want because we're so rigid throughout the weeks. Um, ahead and then we know we're going back to that um, rigid schedule after the holidays. So I think what may look different for us right now is keeping to a schedule. You know, allow flexibility, but in a general sense, maybe you keep to that bedtime that you would typically have if they were in school. Um, I think we underestimate the amount of sleep our children need in general, but then couple any um, possible anxiety or, um, you know, feelings of sadness on top of that, they need even more rest to regulate themselves. And so I think keeping to a schedule that could be, that has flexibility in it. And so maybe instead of saying, um, you know, from this time to this time, we have to be having breakfast. And then from this time to this time, we're doing this activity. I think maybe having broad schedules. So that may that, that may look like, um, okay, once you wake up, we'll have breakfast. And then for the next hour, um, it's going to be craft time where you just have, you know, you pick the craft, whether it's coloring or constructing something, you know, whatever your child likes to do. Um, and then we're going to have music time. So I think having a flexible schedule that you can control and maybe you create with your child, you know, sit down with them ask them what they would like to do over the break. Give them I'm a definitely writing way. notes. I'm taking my notes right now because I like that you said the flexibility, but still having a schedule because yeah. I don't want to be waking up my kid, the 12 year old, you know, um, at nine o'clock every day when I know that that brother can sleep until noon. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, if I allow him, you know, whenever it is that he wakes up and then say, you know, for the first hour, we're going to have quiet time or um, mm -hmm. read a book or something, mm -hmm. you know, I, I love that you said music. I didn't even consider that we could have a time of listening to music. Maybe that's a time where we have instruments in the house. My husband um, yeah. is a musician. And so, you know, there are different things that we could do with the studio equipment and things like that. So I didn't even think of those kinds of things, but I think all of the parents are really trying to get creative at this yeah, point. Yeah. And you know what? A good thing though, a lot of people got creative for us. So we don't have to, you know, um, rack our brains so uh, as much. And I think a lot of times when you let your, when you ask your child, what time do you think you should go to bed? Or what time do you think, how much time do you think we should have uh, tech time or, you know, screen time? You will find a lot of times <laughs> they put more restrictions on their time than we do. And so there's podcasts out there that you can listen to a story. We've done that. It's so fun because you don't necessarily have to be um, the entertainer, <laughs> but you can still be engaged with them. Um, there's audiobooks, and a lot of them are free right now, you know, where we can access, access them for free or for a trial period, at least to 
kind of see if we like that or not. Um, check with your schools if they have different online reading programs. Sometimes they cut off when the school day cuts off, but there are some that continue on. So maybe check into those where it can help if your child, you know, is a new reader, maybe struggling with reader reading, it can help them um, have more of a guided reading time. So yeah, some of those activities, um, like I said, ask them maybe what they like to do and what they would like to uh, do specifically for the holidays. Maybe write letters to family members or make family members crafts so you can mail them to them. Now, I, I hear all of that and it sounds fantastic and I would love to do some of those things with my teenager. But that brother just wants to play the games. So does this mean that I am just obligated to sit down with my child and play some games? I, I like that you said to ask him how long we think we should do the things. So I think that's going to be the tip that I'm going to implement this week <laughs> is to ask him because the kids know long enough, yeah. you know, two hours one hour, they know that it's, it's been a while. Um, but again, you know, if I tell my kid, I want to do a puzzle or, um, do an audio book, the kid hates reading. So maybe you do a, a trade-off, you know, you let him know. If and then. Exactly. If I play a game with you, your choice, and you can teach me how to play it, then I get to choose an activity for us to do together. Like reading a book, yeah. a novel. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to hate me. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, if there's something he's interested in, maybe you search for that, you know, and see if there's something that sparks. A lot of times um, kids thrive off of just having a choice. And so I always, this is my tip for teachers and parents. Give them choices of both things you want them to do, <laughs> but a choice within the direction you're going. So, for example, I'm going to take your puzzle example. Okay, yeah. it's time for us to do a puzzle together. Do you want to do a puzzle with unicorns or do you want to do this cool donut puzzle? And so mm -hmm. they still get to choose, but at the end of the day, you're still doing a puzzle. <laughs> got it. Got it. Okay, I like that. Well, the last question I have for you, unless you have some other tips that you think are, are would be great for the listeners, uh, like I said, especially going into now what looks like a longer period than we anticipated with actually being locked down, not just um, social distancing and distance mm -hmm. learning. But now again, it looks like a lot of uh, businesses are going to be officially closing down again. So that means that even outside of the home, there's not a whole lot of things that we can continue to do. So if you have any uh, more tips on that, that would be great. But where can I, as a parent, find resources for many of the things that I may be experiencing. So, um, for example, you know, that, um, economically and financially, a lot of families have been hit because of the business closures. 
Um, you know, maybe they need assistance with food. Maybe there, we also learned that um, beginning the school year, there were a lot of families that did not have internet access. Mm -hmm. Where can parents go to find resources for any of the things that they may be struggling with right now? Yeah, um, I think I think utilize your schools for sure. A lot of times schools have community resource, uh, community resources available um, to them or at least can point you in the right direction. Um, you know, let them know there's usually a community liaison or um, counselor at your school that works hand in hand with community agencies. And so reach out to your schools um, or your local school district and see if they have any information I would say that's a good starting point. Um, I think also even just pulling up your city or county's um, uh, official page, there are different resources there where, and sometimes people don't realize that if they click under like social services or something, a lot of times we associate that with like child abuse resources or um, domestic abuse resources, but also those are community resources for food for um, shelter and other needs. There's even resources usually listed on those pages for mental health needs or medical needs. And so those would be good starting points. I think also um, in this age of social media, maybe um, find your community's uh, Facebook page um, or group, um, or if they have different social media outlets where they post resources on, there are some advocacy groups that post to Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And so if you are social media savvy, <laughs> take advantage of that. Um, ask questions to those groups because there's sometimes where there's a small nonprofit or um, a newer agency that may not be listed, but people in the community know about. Um, also, if you have, um, uh, religious institutions in your community, so churches or different food pantries, you can reach out to them as well. And again, a lot of these agencies work together. And so if they don't have an answer, they can most likely point you to someone who will. Um, don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to reach out. The reality is it, it, it feels very isolated because we have to be kind of in our own silos right now, but the reality is there are a lot of families that are experiencing similar struggles right now. There are a lot of um, homes that are lacking similar resources right now. And so um, nine times out of 10, the thing that you need, someone else has needed and they've been um, provided for. So don't be afraid to ask. And I think, um, as you mentioned, just any final tips, that would kind of be my final tip as well, is that um, we are all experiencing something we've never experienced before. Yeah. So there are times when we feel elated to be around one another. There are times when home is the last place we want to be. And I think all of those feelings and that range of feelings is, um, those are valid. And those are those are the norm of our existence, right? We have natural times of highs and lows. And so I think being okay with that, accepting it, 
and then um, moving forward, you know, for your family, going into the holidays, especially, there are different levels of feeling of safety for you. And so I think maybe you can sit down with your family and really discuss what is safety for us? Is it being together in, in small groups at someone's home, you know, another family member's home that we know have been quarantining together, you know? Is it absolutely nothing? We're just staying where we are. You know, I think you have to define that for your family and um, allow your children to ask questions about that as well. And then um, you can better navigate the holidays. So that way, if something comes up, you guys can be united in your response and your, and your um, way to approach that situation. Yeah, that's definitely good. We've had to have that conversation with our families. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much the uh, 12-year-old, because I think he understands even going back and forth uh, between homes because um, his dad and their family have, have been in a similar situation that we are, where we are pretty much staying in our home and then with a few relatives that we know are also social distancing. But um we've had to draw boundaries with other people that we know are not um you know um having the same uh close offness that we are comfortable with and you know it's hard for us too because we miss everybody we want to see everybody i mean one thing that we've been impacted with most has been our church community we haven't been to church i think except three times since march and um you know that's again not just if it's tough for us I can just imagine for the children because they get to see their friends and they get to have their own bible classes and things like that so but yeah it's definitely a conversation that I think you have to have with people at this point to let them know you know what your family is comfortable with so yeah yeah Well, thank you, Shanita, for all of your advice. I'm definitely going to be implementing these tools with our family moving forward, especially as we go into these longer periods of, it looks, I almost called it vacation, but it's not really vacation. It's just longer periods of of staying home with these closures, continual closures. So um, why don't we go ahead and just take a little break And when we come back, uh, would you mind praying for the families out there? Yeah, for sure. Okay, great. Then hang out with us, guys. We're going to take a quick break and we'll get right back into prayer. We want to pray for you. We want to lift you up and let you know that you guys are not alone parents. We are going through the exact same things with you. Like Shanita mentioned, she has a child. I've got three and we are all home trying to figure out these Zoom conferences together. Okay, (laughs) so hang out and we're going to come right back with some prayer for you. Welcome back, everybody. We're going to say a quick prayer for all the families out there. Would you join us now as Shanita lifts us up? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for giving us this opportunity to connect and 
speak about these topics, Lord, and the struggles that some of our own families and friends may be experiencing at this time. I ask that you just um, strengthen us during this time. I ask that you just bless us with wisdom and peace as we navigate these new circumstances, Lord. I ask that you just give us a sense of togetherness, even though we can't be with our friends and families throughout these holiday seasons, Lord. I ask that you just show us how we can still connect and be community at this time. I ask that you just um, provide a sense of peace and calmness in our homes. As that you just provide a sense of joy in our homes. As that you just continue to provide for everyone listening. As that you just provide all of their needs and point them to the places where they can um, just receive a blessing or even be a blessing to um, to another Lord. I thank you once again for just giving us the space to talk and to encourage one another, Lord. And thank you again for just keeping us healthy and keeping our families healthy and safe, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.